Tanya for the fourth of Menachem Av, but first the story. There was a Rav who was once traveling on a train, and there was a younger man who had no idea who this rabbi was, and he began to hound him. He began to bother him. He began to complain to him, and he really made it extremely difficult. In the olden days, train travel was not a three-minute or half an hour or one-hour affair. It was a very long affair. It sounds like it carried on for a very long time, either hours, many hours or days. And finally, they arrived at the destination, and this young man discovered that the person who he had been hounding for a, for a long time had been a very respected Rav. And so he went up to him and asked for forgiveness. And the Rav forgave him. The Rav, meanwhile, started doing some investigation and discovered that this young man had was going for shechita. He's trying to get to become a, a ritual slaughterer. He had failed already. He come to this town in the hopes that he actually be able to get the someone to teach him the law so he could, get, he could do it again. So this Rav went out of his way, found someone to teach him, helped him get all, all his, um, his matters in order so he could actually um, um, get the testing. And then once he passed the test, this Rav helped this young man find a position. And people started hearing about this story and they went to the Rav and they asked the Rav, I don't understand, this man really made you miserable on the train and yet you're going out of your way so much to, to help him you know, a, a forgiveness would have been fine. That anything more than that is a little, it's, it's a little too much. He really made you miserable. So the Rav explained like this. He said, "I forgave him completely when he when he apologized, but I was always wondering. Maybe I was still holding a grudge. And until I was willing to go for him an extra mile, until I was able to really go out of my way for him, I wasn't really. I could never really be sure had I really truly forgiven him or before I had not." The Tanya so far is talking about different ways of going from sadness, let's call it sadness, of the lower level of tshuva to the extreme joy of the higher level of tshuva. So we said that you know someone with a, 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 a capacity for instant emotional um, um, switching, let's call it, where they're able to go from extreme sadness to extreme joy. Well, in that case, let them be sad right before them. Let them have the lower level of tshuva right before they begin praying, and then right afterwards, they go to, to go to joy. But the average person will fit into the second category. The second category, second category will be someone that needs to separate their sadness and their joy with many hours in between, because they don't have the um, emotional bandwidth to just flip, in a, flip the, a switch in a second. And so what they need to do is they they wake up in the middle of the night, or one, once a week they do it, whatever it is, and midnight they, they cry and they think about their sins and they do the lower level of tshuva. And then by the time hours have gone by and it's time for them to pray the morning prayers, they're in their mind space to be able to effectively be praying to God with a higher level of tshuva, which is joyful. Now the Antarebbe, in citing from yesterday, suggested a third way a person could do it. And this one, this one is quite, it's quite interesting. Daltrebus argues that it's possible to have both the sadness and the joy at exactly the same time. Number one, because the, the, the sadness and joy are coming from two different reasons, like the story of Shemayachai telling his son a, a beautiful Kabbalistic explanation of the destruction of his Middash and he had tears and joy at the same time. But Daltrebus also argues that if a person understands that when they have the lower level of Tushuva, the lower le level of repentance, and they believe with complete faith that God has forgiven them, well, isn't that a reason to be joyful? So yes, they might be feeling very bitter and sad about the fact that they've done the sins, but the extreme joy of knowing that they're going to be 100% forgiven, well, that's a reason to be extremely joyful as well.
Continuing on that line, the Alter continues in today's time. This is we praise God. That God forgives in abundance. In abundance is the is the emphasis. Like Ezra writes, and Hashem forgives in abundance. What does this mean? And we explained that we touched upon this a little bit already before. Like we gave an example yesterday. So someone goes and walks to their friend and sucks them right in the face. The guy will say, oh, I'm so sorry, I didn't mean to do that. It was, that was an oversight. I can't believe I did it. Okay, very good. He does it a second time. The friends going to have a much harder time forgiving him. A third and a fourth time, forget about it. Getting forgiveness or just punching the guy right in the face. It's going to be very difficult. That's human There's no difference between one time you sin against God and the thousandth time you do it. Because the forgiveness that's coming from God is coming from God's attribute of mercy. Now, it's important. We have attributes of mercy as well within ourselves. So we say, well, God has an attribute of mercy. It's just a lot more than us. So we have, you know, the ability to forgive three or four times, you know, in quick succession, let's, let's say. But God is a thousand times greater. So it's 3,000 or 4,000. It's not like that. God's ability to forgive, his mercy has no limits. God's emotional um, elements are God's spheres are endless. There's no limit. Like we say, there's no end to God's mercy. And when you got to the God's infinity, there's nothing thing as a small infinite number and a large infinite number. Infinity means infinity, and there's no difference. When it comes to God, there's absolutely no difference between large and small numbers. A thousand or ten thousand or a million has absolutely no bearing or no difference at all on the number infinity. You can't say, well, you know, a thousand is a little closer to infinity or 20,000 is closer to, to infinity. It makes absolutely no difference. Infinity is infinity. There's no, there's no, there's no, there's no number that correlates closer to, to infinity. And therefore, because God's capacity to forgive is absolutely endless and unlimited, he's able to continuously forgive over and over. And every single year, we have um, our sins removed over and over. A person might think, well, let's just translate first. Even though uh, we've asked God in the Al-Khayt, prayer god please forgive us for our sins and we do those sins again god is we're able to go the next year and ask god again forgiveness and regular person will say listen i specified all the different sins that i've done throughout the year and you know to go and ask god to forgive me again it's a little bit presumptuous and the answer is no it's not every single throughout the year person will say okay and they'll they'll tell god they're so sorry they come to your kipper and they'll say it all again it does it's there's no conflict to the to the fact that they've said it before and they've made the sins all over again, God will 100% forgive them. Again, the, the, the flow, as we're going to mention, at summarize at the very end, is all is all the same. The joy that we should experience when we're doing the process of tshuva, even the lower level of tshuva, which might seem like a very bitter form of tshuva, is extremely joyful because we have absolute certainty that our God, that God, who is our Father, will absolutely forgive us. Well, that's the reason for joy. You're doing, you're saying good, sorry to God, and you know with certainty He's going to forgive you and He loves you. 
That's fantastic. That's very joyful. It's not just every year that God forgives us. Every single day, three times a day, we say, thank you, God. Blessed are you, God, who is gracious and forgives in, in abundance. And we don't make a bracha lavatala, as Hashem said. The, the prayers that we say correspond to the sacrifices. The Tamid, which was a sacrifice that was brought once in the morning and once at night. The morning one was for the sins at night. The afternoon one was for the sins during the day. Every single day was brought over and over and over. And you say, well, at some point, you know, there's got to be some limit to bringing a Tamid. How effective could a Tamid be if every half day people just continuously sin and we're still bringing another sacrifice? And the answer is extremely effective. In fact, they kept on bringing it. Now, what's the difference between Yom Kippur and every single day then? So the difference between Yom Kippur and every single day is that Yom Kippur has an extremely strong power. Like we mentioned at the very beginning of the of this third book of Tanya, that um, Yom Kippur is very, very potent. The, the forgiveness that happens is able to clear the most serious sin among the most serious sins. And the tefillah that we do every single um, every single day is able to do it together with tshuva, as mentioned before. Now, the, 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 that's that's so far the the, the idea. And the today's time is all one long idea. It's just about how to be joyful when doing lower level tshuva, and how it's not a conflict because we're certain that God's going to forgive us. The, the, but now we're having a slight question. The question, the question is. There's a principle like this. When a person says to God, and this is a, a principle that comes from the Gemara, that a person says, I'm going to sin, but it's fine, because I'll just do tshuva. A person says, you know, the, 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 the pig's steak looks so good. Well, you, tshuva exists. God will forgive me. Well, I'll just do whatever I want, and then I'll get forgiveness of God. The Gemara says he won't be granted the opportunity to do tshuva. And that kind of seems to run in, in the way of what we're saying right now, that Shuvah is this untouchable, unstoppable, unlimited process that God will continuously forgive every single time we say, I'm sorry. And because of that reason, well, if we're so certain that God's going to forgive us, there's a reason to be joyful, even while we're so bitter about the fact that we did a sin. But wait a second, if a person says, I'm going to do a sin, and then I'm going to do get forgiveness, he's not going to have the opportunity. Well, then, obviously, not. it's not such an unlimited force as we thought. That it was. This is not a situation where, where a person says, I will sin and then repent. What's it do? When a person says, I, I will uh, sin, so the, the question actually to, to, to focus the question a little more. When a person knows that he's automatically forgiven, technically there might be like a person already knowing that I will sin and then be forgiven. The, the what stops a person from being forgiven when he says, I will sin and then be forgiven? It's the, what stops him is the fact that he's sinning, banking on the fact that he could do true. And the, the, the Ramesh didn't like that. They said, that's a, that's a problem. That means the actual sinning is being caused by the fact that, by the fact that he's forgiven. If he's doing it on the condition that he's going to be forgiven, well, it's actually the fact that he's being forgiven that's causing him to sin. Dalton says, and, and, the, and the rabbi said, well, in that case, he's not going to be forgiven. And we'll, we'll qualify that in a second. But says uh, Al-Tabi, that's not the same scenario where a person knows that he's going to be forgiven and he doesn't sin. 
Because when a person knows that he can be forgiven, he knows he can be forgiven. In the back of his head, he knows he can be forgiven. And he does the sin because he wants to do the sin. When a person says, I'm going to use this, he literally qualifies it. He says, I'm going to sin, but I'll be forgiven. And he qualifies it. And then it's actually the sin that's being caused by the forgiveness. But the Altar says, even so, the the power of Trevor is really an unlimited force. And even if a person does even qualify and say, you know what, I'm going to do forgiveness. And so I'm going to sit anyway right now. Still, he's going to have opportunity. But after Gamzois ain't must speak in Baita. The Altar says, look at the words of Gamar says. Gamar says that he isn't granted an opportunity to, to do forgiveness. If a person says he's going to sin and just do forgiveness, he isn't granted an opportunity. What does that mean? Says the Altar, pay attention to the words. He isn't granted opportunity. Usually what happens with a person is that when they do a sin, God helps them get forgiveness. If a person says, I'm going to sin, but I'll just do tshuva afterwards, God says, I'm not going to help you do tshuva. But if you want to do tshuva, says al and the person says afterwards, you know what, I want to do some forgiveness, God will accept it. God will accept tshuva no matter what. And God will help a person get that shiva and assist him in, in pro in like prodding him along to actually get that forgiveness in all situations but in a case where a person says i'll rely on shiva in that case god says if you want to do it on your own and now get forgiveness i'll accept it but i'm not going to help you along that process this is what we say every single day if god forgive us but when a person's in a regular situation and like we say in a regular situation where in in every single morning in in Shemines, we say hashem please give us give us the ability to come back with with perfect repentance and we ask on your hashem please may it be a world that i don't do any more sins in a normal situation a person doesn't want to do sin so they don't sin in order to to, to do tshuva, they say, God, I listen, I'm a weak human being and I, I, I tried my best and I failed. And I don't want to do the sin again. In that case, must speak in, must speak in. God surely helps the person now. So in 99.9999999% of the cases where a person doesn't have malicious thoughts before he does the sin, he just, he's weak. He did to hurry gets the better and it tricks him. It's an old and wise man who's standing at the doorpost and it's, it's, it's crouching, ready to attack and he, he falls for it. And then later on, he comes and says, well, this is the 30,000th time I'm asking God for the same forgiveness. Maybe God won't forgive me. He says, Altaman, no, don't, don't worry. Not only does God 100% forgive you, you can be joyful. God is going to help you do repentance because you didn't have any, any, any malicious thoughts while the moment you were doing that, saying, oh, I'll just, it's fine. I have the power to stop myself, but I'm just going to do it anyway because I have the power of Shabbat. If, the, if it's not that... God definitely forgives you, and God definitely helps you as well. Whenever someone comes to purify themselves, God helps them. And the author says, not only is it when a person comes, 100% they're forgiven, no matter what the scenario is, but the second that it happens. The person doesn't say, you know what, God's probably going to take a year or two to forgive me. No. Someone comes at the moment that he asks God to forgive me, in that moment he, he's automatically forgiven, which means the second the tshuva process starts, a person could be extremely joyful in the full confidence and knowledge Hashem has 100% forgiven him. And the forgiveness and the pardoning is instant as well. 
So tshuva tata, says Al-Tarebbe, the, the, the lower level, the bitterness where a person says, God, I'm so sorry I hurt the connection between myself and yours, is a very joyful process. And a person could be a little bitter about the fact that he did a sin, but he could be extremely joyful knowing in the full confidence that God is going to 100% forgive him, no questions asked. Thank you so much for joining the Tanya Tanya Salam Mishra Shishana, Yav Khanam and Shara and Kalaman Sukhasar, and the Sessual Mail Kamunyo, and Fushan for a while, have one of the Sessual Seven Tabin Shamasaraka, and Hai Mashwak, and Bail to Libalism, Lay and Lemadat Leia Bat Siona, and anyone else needs to push Lem have one for a very successful event. Thank you so much for joining.